Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. My name is Lee and this is episode 26, chapter 26 of Fifty Shades of Grey, and we're here! We're at the last chapter of the first book. Amazing. Do you know I've been doing this for like about a year, I think a little bit over a year as of this episode? Yeah, I launched the podcast last March and here we are. It's March again and I'm almost done with the first book. What the fuck? Where does the time go? So anyway, like I said, I will be taking a hiatus after this just to start like prepping the next book, all that good stuff. I'm gonna have more details about that at the end of the episode, so be sure to stick around and listen for that. But for now, let's get into it. The, the finale, the climax, the last chapter of book one, it's a lot. It's a lot, folks. <laughs> We're about to go through some stuff. You and me here together. So the chapter begins. It's 5 a.m. Anna wakes up. Christian is out in the living room playing his piano because he can't sleep. Anna suggests that they talk for a while, but Christian would rather fuck. And Anna says, you'd always rather have sex than talk. Yeah, girl, I noticed that too. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the podcast before too. That's a red flag. That's not great. In a, especially in a relationship like yours, where you two have so much that you need to talk about and that you need to figure out, like the fact that he is pretty much constantly changing the subject with sex and that's what he would rather do than have any of these difficult discussions that you two really need to have, that's a bad sign. That's not good for long-term relationship health, like at all. They do end up talking a bit. Page 498. Christian says, well, I think the contract is moot, don't you? And Anna says, but you were so keen. Christian says, well, that was before. Before more. So what he's saying, I think, and this is like an incredibly vague, unclear, you know, back and forth, and I didn't even read the whole thing because it's, it's just not I don't need to. You get the idea. But they're just, like, this is how they try to communicate. And it's just so vague and just, like, two and three word sentences. And I just, like, I don't know. Maybe this is just my autistic ass looking at two neurotypicals conversing and going, how the fuck does anybody know what's going on? Because I am completely lost right now. Or maybe they are just actually that bad at communicating. I don't know. Hard to say. Point being, they have this incredibly quick, vague back and forth for a few months moments and then so what how I interpret it what I think is going on here is that since Anna is asking for quote-unquote more than just a typical like DS what Christian thinks of as a typical DS relationship where they don't see each other except on weekends and then it's just like all kinky shit all the time and that's it Anna wants more affection she wants more traditional romance she wants date nights she wants whatever because of that more, Christian has decided that this entire contract that he tried to get her to sign at the beginning of this just doesn't apply anymore because this is a different kind of relationship. Which seems a little bit silly on the one hand. It's like you're still trying to do kinky shit so you would think some of this stuff would still apply. But on the other hand, like, it's a good thing. I'm glad that they're just, like, throwing most of the contract out the window because this feels healthier. This feels closer to, like, a more consensual more communicative dynamic potentially potentially we'll see there's there's still a long way to go between here and there
later, but it feels like a step in the right direction. So whatever. She doesn't have to sign the contract now, I guess. But Christian does want Anna to continue to follow the rules section of the contract all the time, 24-7. And he says to follow the spirit of the contract when they're in the playroom, which again, feels like really bad communication to me. Feels very vague. Feels like following the spirit of the contract could mean a lot of different things depending on who you are and what your perspective is and how you're interpreting this. So that really needs to be a much longer conversation than it actually ends up being. You know, like to me, it kind of, it sort of feels like the thing that like cishet monogamous like couples do where they're like, well, just don't cheat. Well, different people have very different definitions of cheating, you know? And especially when you get into polydynamics, contrary to what some people believe, yes, you can in fact still cheat in polydynamics, and that, and it's like even more nuanced of like, well, what counts as cheating? But even in a monogamous dynamic, some people are like, literally, if you masturbate to porn of people that are not me, that's cheating. Other people are like, yeah, of course I'm gonna masturbate to porn sometimes. Like, that's just what happens. And if those two people are in a relationship together and they don't communicate, shit's gonna go bad. So, like, you have to have that conversation of, like, what do you count as cheating? And similarly, in this situation, in the, in the book, Christian, what do you mean by following the spirit of the contract? Because that's incredibly vague. And I know that if she gets it wrong and if she interprets that differently than the way you wanted her to interpret it, you're gonna be, get pissed at her and shit's gonna go bad. So like fucking use your words, people, come on. So page 498, again, further down the page. So he wants her to follow the rules all the time. Anna says, and if I break one of the rules? Christian says, then I'll punish you. But won't you need my permission? Yes, I will. And if I say no? If you say no, you say no. I'll have to find a way to persuade you. So once again, that's incredibly vague. It's an incredibly short exchange. This needs to be a much longer conversation. On the positive side, he now has to have Anna's permission before he punishes her, which is good. Consent is good. I like that. But like, I still feel like it's being left incredibly vague what exactly Anna can do or would do that would be considered breaking the rules. I still think there should be a much longer conversation about like, okay, she's terrified of being hit as a punishment. So let's work together and come up with some punishments that she is not terrified of, that like she doesn't enjoy so that it can still be a punishment, you know, but that do not actively make her want to flee from this relationship, right? Because if you're traumatizing your submissive, that's not punishment, that's just traumatizing another human being. So there, you have to find that middle ground of like something that your submissive will try to avoid because it's unpleasant and so they're gonna try to follow the rules or whatever, but is not unpleasant enough that they are literally having a fear response to it because that's not generally what you want out of a 
DS dynamic, unless it's like very, very heavily based in fear play, but they are not there. They are not even close to there. There's, there's gotta be other punishments that you can come up with, Christian. Come on. Oh yeah, so he goes and brings her like a printout of the rules section of the contract so that they can reread them together. But that kind of ends up going nowhere because they, before they can really get into any more discussion of that, Anna rolls her eyes at something that Christian says. So now, of course, he's got to spank her because that's the protocol that they're, that they have right now is that she rolls her eyes and he gets to punish her. He gets to spank her. So, but she's like, you're gonna have to catch me first. So like, she's definitely a brat. And they're like, for like 30 seconds, they're like playing this kind of cute game of chase and it might actually be a fun scene. But then first of all, Anna, at one point, Anna says, I have been in danger since I met you, Mr. Gray rules or no rules. And Christian agrees. He says, yes, you have, which feels very kink shamey on his part. And also, no, bad. I don't care how high risk you are willing to get with your kinks. I don't care how much you do fear play as part of your kinks. If at the end of the day, you are not ultimately safe with your dom, if you are IRL, completely out of headspace, completely out of scene, in danger around your dom, you need to get out of there. You need to end that relationship. You need to stop playing with that person. You need to go, like, immediately, like, as soon as it is safe to do so. No matter what happens in scene, no matter what happens in headspace, you need to be safe with your partner. And I would argue that the more you're playing with fear play, the higher risk you're going with your kinks, the more important it fucking is to be playing with a safe partner so that you are not actually physically or emotionally hurt in any way that you are not prepared for, that you are not consenting to. Safety and trust between partners is number one, right up there with consent is trust. Without those two things, you cannot play together. You cannot do kink together. It is not safe to do so. So the fact that they both agree that Anna is in danger in and out of headspace, in and out of the dynamic rules or no rules, that's bad. That's a fucking bad sign. That means this relationship needs to end. It needed to end yesterday. It needed to end chapter one of this fucking book, but here we are. So then, speaking of this relationship needing to end a month ago, Anna says, I feel about punishment the way you feel about me touching you, which demonstrates a few things. Because Christian immediately stops. The game is over. No more chasing each other for fun. He stops. He's like, whoa, you feel that strongly about it? And she's like, wait a minute. I didn't know he felt that strongly about being touched. This moment is so fucking revealing of how inherently incompatible they both are for a couple reasons, and I'm going to try and, like, detangle them. So when he stops and he's like, holy shit, I didn't know you felt that strongly, that's, like, the first time that he has actually taken her seriously 
when she has raised a concern about being punished. It took him this long, it took him that bold of a statement to actually stop and listen to her and stop just breezing over and saying, oh, you'll be fine. I won't be, I won't give you anything you can't handle. You don't know her. You don't know what she can handle. She doesn't even fucking know what she can handle. That's bullshit. That's a bullshit excuse to just get her where you want her to be. Similarly, when he stops and his whole demeanor changes and she's like, holy shit, okay, he's actually serious. Like, he does not fucking want to be touched. Yeah, bro, he's been telling you that the entire book. She hasn't listened to him about it until now. She keeps thinking, okay, maybe if I ease him into it, maybe if I keep asking, maybe if I, you know, maybe I can convince him to let me touch him. No. He feel he, he has said in as many ways as as he knows how touching is a hard limit touching absolutely not absolutely no he is it's not up for debate and she is not listening to him and and it's just this moment of like they both i'm pretty sure i've said almost this exact same thing before but this is like another huge moment of like they are both just looking past each other to the fantasy version of the submissive, of the boyfriend, of the romantic interest that they have in their heads. And they are not at all taking seriously the actual person who is standing in front of them saying, hey, this is what I want. This is what I need. These are the lines I don't want to cross. And it just, once again, it's just such a lack of communication, of compassion for each other, of compatibility with each other. Like, they are not what the other person needs. Like, even all of the stalking and the abuse and the bullshit from Christian, if we can put that aside for a moment, and yes, that's ab absolutely all of that needs to be taken seriously, and all of that needs to be taken into account, but even if none of that was going on, just this absolute inability to communicate with each other and inability to take each other's wants and needs and boundaries seriously, that in itself is enough to kill this relationship. Like, they should not, they should straight up just not be together. So anyway, she explains that she's scared of Christian hurting her. Christian says he wants to hurt her, and he knows why. She asks him why he wants that. And he says he knows why, but he can't tell her because then she'll definitely leave him and he can't have that. And that just reeks of internalized kink shame of like, oh, I'm so, I'm such a tortured soul and I'm so fucked up and kinky and you would never want me if I showed you the true depths of my depravity or whatever. So that's not great. There's still so much more going on. So finally, Anna says, okay, I'm going to let you punish me so I can learn, quote unquote, how bad it can get. So she's like, hit me as hard as you want to, punish me, let me see if I can handle this. This is the worst possible way to go about this. This is such a bad idea. This is such a fucking mistake. And any dom worth their fucking salt would be like, no. 
I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hit you as hard as I can because you are a complete novice sub and you're not even 100% sure you want to be in a DS dynamic in the first place, let alone if you want to have punishment as part of that dynamic. So I'm not going to do that because that's, it would, it's just, just inviting trouble. I'm, but you know, this is not a Dom worth his salt. This is Christian Grey. So he's like, okay, so that's fun. We'll get that, get into that in a moment. But also as Anna is like, I want you to punish me. She is thinking to herself, she has this ulterior motive that maybe if, if Christian punishes her as hard as he wants and she takes it, then she will have quote unquote earned the right to touch him. And maybe then he will be pressured into allowing her to touch him, which again is just such a transactional, like manipulative way of approaching a relationship. And it's incredibly unhealthy and it's just going to lead into all kinds of toxicity and just bad shit and like don't fucking do that especially after you just saw how strongly he reacted to this to being touched and you've seen how strongly he has reacted every single time you have tried to touch him and you're still not like that's so disrespectful of him christian is awful to anna he is awful to her but she is incredibly disrespectful of him in this way as well so again i say these two people should not be in a relationship together period so they go into the playroom he grabs a belt and spanks her with the belt as hard as he can six times no warm-up no nothing that's a really fucking good way to make a sub have a really bad time like okay once again caveat i don't really do punishment in my relationship like the closest i get is a little bit of like fun-ishment which is not what christian is doing here at all so i don't really have experience with it a full-on punishment spanking. But in my experience, when I am going to get spanked, I need warm-up, of course. I, I need it to start slowly and then get harder gradually. But even before that, it really helps if I have some straight-up just, like, foreplay. If my partner can, like, make out with me and touch me a little bit and, like, get me in a little bit of that, like, heady, floaty kind of turned-on headspace. Any, like, before we even do any kind of spanking or any kind of hitting at all. It helps center me. It helps get me out of my brain and into my body. So like there's a lot of work that goes into getting me in the right space to be able to experience the pain of the spanking itself. All of that foreplay, all of that warm-up, all of the everything allows me to take so much more pain, so much harder hits than I would be able to otherwise. If you walked me into a room, especially after a difficult conversation when I'm already a little bit strung, like high strung and a little bit stressed all like out the gate and you don't take any time with foreplay, you don't take any time with warm up, you don't take any time to get me into a submissive headspace and you just hit me as hard as you fucking can with a belt, which in my experience is a pretty fucking harsh impact implement. It's like one of the harsher ones I I've experienced. <laughs> In my opinion, I know that's that's like pretty subjective, but it's like up there. I'm gonna have a bad time. Point is, I'm gonna have a bad fucking time. I am not gonna be able to take that much 
of just like straight into the hardest hits. And yeah, I'm going to be pretty fucking upset by the end of it. And that's me, someone who fully wants to be spanked. Now you take someone like Anna, who is not even sure that she is a masochist at all, is not even sure that she is okay with being spanked at all ever for any reason. And yeah, it's going to be even worse. So again, like I said before, any Dom who actually knows what the fuck they're doing is not going to be like, all right, challenge accepted. Let me hit you as hard as I fucking can. No, it's a terrible idea. But of course he does it. And then at the end, she like freaks out. She's like, don't fucking touch me. I need to leave. I need to go away from you right now. So she goes to her bedroom because he has like designated one of the bedrooms in her, in the, in his apartment as hers. And she like hides and is like fully freaking out and fully being like, this man is a monster. I, what am I doing? I should not be in a relationship with him. (sighs) Which like all the multiple times he stalked you and followed you and found where you were without your consent did not convince you that he was a monster. But when he spanked you really hard, that's what did it. That's what convinced you that he's a monster. Holy fuck, dude. The kink shame in this book, the pure undiluted kink shame, literal abuse is just skated over. But he does a kink bad. He hits her harder than she's prepared for. That's the line. That's when she's like, nope, I'm out of here. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm just reading over my notes here. You know, if she can't handle this much pain, like, again, why would you even do this? Why would you even bring up this possibility? Like, just focus on other stuff. Like I said, find other ways to punish her until such time, if she ever comes to you and is like, hey, I've been getting more into intense pain lately. Let's try this punishment spanking thing again. Then you start hitting her harder. Or maybe she's just not a fucking masochist. Maybe she's just not okay with punishment spankings. In which case, either you find other shit to do together, or if you absolutely need to spank your sub as punishment, if that's a deal breaker for you, fine. You are not compatible break up with her, find someone else, set her free to find someone else who's more compatible with her. So yeah, Christian follows her into her bedroom, which I disapprove of. Like, I know this is different for everyone, but if I am freaked out enough that I am literally like removing myself from the situation, that means I am completely fucking overwhelmed. I might even be in a meltdown. I might even be having a trauma response. I need to leave. I need to be alone. You know, yeah, I've definitely had times where, like, I've removed myself from a situation and been happy when my partner has come and found me and, like, helped comfort me. But also, sometimes I just need to be left the fuck alone. And Christian doesn't even give her that option. He comes into her room and, like, lies down on the bed with her and she, like, tries- she's, like, not responding. She's not, like, holding him back or or anything. And he's like, don't fight me. I am here. I'm gonna hold you right now. Like, that's what's happening. It's like, no. If you're gonna follow the- if you're gonna follow her in this situation, you go to her room, you say, hey- do you want me here or do you need me to come back later? And then you fucking do whatever she asks. If she's like, come hold me, great. You go to her, you hold her, you work it out. If she's like, get the fuck away from me, you get the fuck away from her, you give her space, you either wait until she comes to you or you check in with her later. But no, Christian, of course, just kind of barges in is like, nope, me time now. I'm back in the picture. 
So not great. So anyway, eventually they do talk, and basically they both come to the conclusion that they're not compatible with each other, which like, fucking finally, Jesus Christ. And Anna decides that she should leave, and she's thinking to herself, this is on page 510, she's, she thinks, I have had my eyes open and glimpsed the extent of his depravity, and I now know he's not capable of love, of giving or receiving love. My worst fears have been realized. Once again, after a spanking, after a scene goes wrong. Not the stalking, not the fucking abuse, not the imposing protocols and rules and demands on you without your consent. No, he just hit you too hard in the playroom. That's, that's what convinces you that he is incapable of love. That's kink shame. That's bullshit. Shut up, Anna. So anyway, she insists on giving back all the shit he's bought her, the laptop, the Blackberry, the car, whatever, and he's, he's trying to fight her on it, he's trying to, like, insist that she take it, but honestly, like, I totally understand needing to give back all the stuff you collect over the course of a relationship and just needing to, like, kind of erase that person from your life, at least for a little while, because, like, that shit can be really painful. And especially because, hi, might I remind you, she did not want any of those things in the first place. She did not want him to buy her a car or a laptop or any of that shit. So yeah, I totally understand her wanting to give it back. Christian wants Taylor to drive her home, but Anna's like, no, I want to get home on my own. And Christian comes back with, are you going to defy me at every turn? Which, like, bro, shut up. Like, always shut up, but especially shut up right now. Like, she is no longer your submissive. She is no longer under any, any obligation to do anything you fucking tell her to do. Like, just fucking let it go. Like, I don't know, if I was Anna, and I literally just broke up with this man, but he's still trying to fucking order me around, like, that would be the last straw. I'd be like, no, actually, this is absolutely the correct decision. I am leaving. See you never. Bye. But, you know, Taylor does end up driving her home because it's these two, and they just... <sighs> Yikes. So, as they're heading home, Anna is thinking to herself, I'm a complete failure. I had hoped to drag my fifty shades into the light, but it's proved a task beyond my meager abilities. First of all, girl, none of this shit is your fault. But second of all, holy shit, what a horrible way to approach a relationship. Whether it's about kink or whether it's about anything else, if you are going into a relationship going, I can change them. I can make them better. I can fix them. Like, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out right now. Because at best, you're just gonna end up banging your head against a wall until you're completely burnt out and hate yourself forever entering into this relationship. And at worst, you're going to drive this massive wedge between yourself and the other person because they did not sign up for, like, a self-help course. They signed up for a romantic relationship. And also, and I'm saying this to both of them now because holy shit, if you are not looking at a relationship with the person in front of you as they are right now, just don't. Just don't get into a relationship. If you are looking past them at this, like, fantasy version of them that you've built up in your head that you think you can, like, transform them into, like, that's cruel to yourself and to them. 
And it's bullshit. And it just means that you should not be in a relationship with this person because you are not looking for a relationship with this person. You are looking for a relationship with someone else. Also, like, hello, did Christian consent to being quote-unquote dragged into the light, to being changed in the ways that you wanted to change him? No. No, he fucking did not. So therefore, knock it off. That's that's so unhealthy to just decide, okay, I'm gonna change this person whether they like it or not. That's so, like nothing good can come of that. That's a toxic, unhealthy relationship at best. That's straight up abuse at worst. So like, holy shit, please date someone else. In conclusion, this was, this was like, you know, at the end of a paper when it's like, here's a summary of everything that I just talked about in this paper. And here's the conclusion. I feel like this chapter was like, here's a summary of all the bullshit these two put each other for, through and all the reasons why they're terrible for each other. And in conclusion, they're breaking up. <laughs> Which like, thank God. But you know, we know it's not going to stick because there's two more books of this bullshit. So anyway, end of chapter, Anna goes home to her apartment and is just like sobbing and she's so sad. Yada, yada, yada. You know, like, girl, I get it. I know it hurts. It sucks to break up a relationship. No matter how toxic it is, it's tough. But if you can stay away from him, it's gonna be worth it. I promise you. I promise you you're gonna find someone else who's gonna treat you better, who's gonna be better for you. I promise. I promise it'll be worth it. Like I said, we got two more books of this bullshit, so we know how well that's gonna go. Anyway, in the meantime, before I wrap up entirely, this episode is posting on the 23rd. Once this is posted, I'm going to take a three-month hiatus. The first episode of the next book is going to be posting Thursday, June 29th. That's three months from now, okay? Got that? Great math. Doesn't matter. Um, I, you know, there'll be, I'll be dropping stuff in the feed. There'll be plenty of warning, so don't worry about it. In the meantime, is this feed, podcast feed going to be going quiet for three months? And no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I am going to have a special where I watch the movie, the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie, and live react to watching it the first time. So I'm going to be doing that as like a commentary track. So you can just put on the movie and listen along and have me like live commenting on the movie as you go. I may or may not even have like actually have guests for that one. So we might be getting tipsy. We might be turning it into a bit of a drinking game. So we'll see how that goes. That is going to be out in April. Meanwhile, I am going to be continuing to work on the Patreon as well. So obviously the dramatic readings of each chapter will stop until June because I will not be, you know, posting any new episodes, so I won't be posting the, the chapter readings to go with them. But in the meantime, I have talked about having some little like random bonus audio essays in between things on the Patreon. I am planning to record at least one of those, so that'll be fun. I am I'm going to continue the monthly bonus eroticas at the highest tier, and I am going to be revamping the Patreon a little bit, adding a little bit more content, making some of the bonuses a little bit more accessible at lower prices. I will come back on here and post like an actual rundown of what that's going to look like once I have it all figured out. Now's a great time to sign up for the Patreon, if you haven't already, if you've been thinking about it. Just saying. And yeah, there might even be a few other 
little extras that I drop into the this free feed every now and then between now and June just to keep y'all keep you fed mama's keeping you fed <laughs> so yeah that's that other than that thank you so much for listening to my latest rant my name is lee you can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash lee c artist and yes i am back doing sex work i'm pulled back on it a little bit i'm gonna be posting a little bit more low-key a little bit less frequently but i've got some fans who approached me and wanted me to start doing it again and thank you very much to them because that was like super inspiring anyway my only fans is active again is what i'm saying look for all that good stuff at allmylinks.com slash candy kitten and the podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash the curdled pod or patreon.com slash the curdled pod and as always be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links like I said, sign up for the Patreon. It's great. It's only getting better. It's only going up from here, baby. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, post about it on social media, whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast. Now is a fantastic time to get your friends into this podcast so that they can binge the entire first book and be all caught up and ready to go by the time the second book starts. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> the logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until June, remember your rack. That's risk-aware consensual kink. Okay, bye! So they do end up talking a bit. Oh my god. Bonk. Ah, gotta fix my slipper. All of... Jesus Christ. I'm getting too into it with my hands. The logo. The logo. What? What am I saying? <laughs>